Jesus, thank you. Thank you for tonight. Thank you for the Christmas season. Thanks for the kids. Thanks that no one got hurt with the fire. Um, Thanks that we get to celebrate you and be excited and get wrapped up in so much goodness. And tonight, to avoid the cliche of missing you in the midst of, of Christmas, may we, for a few minutes, tune our hearts to listen to your word, to consider who you are and why you came, to put ourselves into the story and to embrace you as the light and the life of the world. Tonight, do your work through your Holy Spirit, through your word, and give us ears to listen. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. We pray in your name. Amen. I'm just going to jump right in and tell you the first point, okay? We're just gonna, that's, this, that's how abbreviated we're going to go for tonight. No silly stories. Um, just jump right in. The first point. This one, this is a stretch. It would be hard to remember. Jesus is the light. That's our point number one. Yay. Jesus is the light. Uh, reading what Kayla read from Scripture before in John chapter 1, John talking about the birth of Christ and Christ entering in. John 1 uh, says, the true light that gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. And later in John 8, it says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus is the light means that he is God. He is the very glory of God. He is the word made flesh. Jesus is the manifestation of God. He is God incarnate, which is a fancy word we like, which means he is embodied, he is God embodied in human flesh. God became man in Jesus and remained God still. Jesus is the light of God. Jesus is the light. The people of Israel were stuck in darkness. They'd been an occupied people for, for a majority or at least a ton of their history. They were, they were um, foreigners had come into their country or even taken them out of their country into their own as slaves. And they were stuck in darkness because of oppressors. They were begging to get out of the darkness of foreign oppression. The people of Israel were stuck in darkness. They had a system of sacrifices, rules, <clears throat> um, rules uh, of religious duty through which they sought the forgiveness of their sins. God said, this is how you're to approach me. And they tried, but they would often lose the forest for the trees. In Isaiah, it says, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Jesus repeated that later in his own lifetime. The way God said, here's how to approach me because of our human condition made their hearts break. They would forget and they'd be lost in the darkness of religiousness, trying to get to God. The Israelites were stuck in darkness, and they often felt far from God. And so Jesus came. Jesus is the light. He is their Savior. He is the Christ. He is their Redeemer. 
Jesus came to bring light into their world, to set these captives free, to win their hearts back. Like Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus is the light. Tonight I'm here to tell you um, that wherever we experience and feel darkness, like them in that story 2,000 years ago, Jesus wants to be your light. So my question in that, for you to consider, my question for you, we're gonna, it's gonna be a little dark for a moment, is where is that darkness for you? Jesus wants to be your light. Where are you struggling? I've been thinking about this a lot this week and thinking about how darkness pervades sometimes where we hide. So we might hide because of something that we, we feel guilty for, something we've done, something that's been done for us, done to us. Other times, um, darkness just feels like it wins. We're trying to fight, we're trying to see the light, we're trying to hope, we're looking for the goodness, but all we feel and sense is like we're losing, like darkness is, is winning. We all need some light. So my question is, where do you need that? Because here's the thing, we, we all struggle with it. We all struggle with this need to believe in the one true God. It's over and over. It's not one time. It's not something you did at camp when you were little. It's not something you heard at Sunday school. It's not something one time that thing happened. It's over and over and over coming back to the light and saying, Jesus, I need you to meet me in this place. We all struggle with some form of darkness. This afternoon, despair for me. I'm like, ah, for many reasons. Not going to go into detail. It's fine. We all struggle with darkness. It might be a besetting sin. It might be someone else's sin towards you. It might just be the result of living in this place. San Diego's pretty great, but it's certainly not perfect. There's brokenness around us, and we're so tempted to believe that it might be winning. But tonight, the Christ candle, the Christmas story, scripture, the history of the church bears good news. No matter how dark that darkness feels, in the spiritual economy of the world, light always beats darkness. Light always wins. Jesus is the light. And he always wins. Because he's God. That's how we know even if we're tempted to forget, even if we don't believe it, even if it's so hard. If you've ever struggled with depression, I always think of it as like a downward spiral where we just can't even see reality as it is. No light can come in. But it can. And with that specific darkness, it might need help, it might need medication, it might need counseling. Jesus can still come in. In whatever the darkness is, again, for you, just for a moment, will you consider, will you name one to yourself? You know, I'm not going to trick you and make you tell someone or stand up or something or write it down. Just for you, sitting in that chair, will you name for yourself a darkness 
that you are tempted to believe is winning or that you are stuck in or that you are hurting with or that you are ashamed of or that has been done to you. Will you just name it? I have good news. Jesus is the light. Jesus is the light and he will win. That's the story of Christmas. He, in fact, has won. That's the story of Easter, but we'll get there in a second. Jesus is the light means that Jesus is God, and therefore darkness scatters at his very name. Our first point tonight, Jesus is the light. Second point, Jesus is the life. Jesus is the light. Jesus is the life. Jesus is the life means that Jesus is in the business of redeeming all things. The light means God wins. The life means he's still winning. He is making all things new. Why life? So the opposite of life is death. And, and death can mean a lot of different things. It could begin with, natu- like with actual, like the very literal death of, of dying, old age, cancer, genetic abnormalities. It could mean a dead-end job. It could mean an oppressive boss. It could mean feeling stuck in any part of your life. Remember how traumatic breaking up was in high school or college? It was like the end of the world. Do you remember this? Like, I mean, so you thought. It, like, my whole life is over. But we experience so many little deaths and we see those and we feel those and we're near them. It could be a marriage. It could be a broken down car. It could be relationships. It could be my kid's favorite toy. Death of relationship, death of love, death of innocence, death of trust, death of potential, death of hope. But Jesus is the life. We all experience and are are next to and are feeling and are wrestling with deaths over and over and over, but God says on Christmas, Jesus is the life. Sometimes that death that we struggle with comes from inside of us, the stuff that we're, we're aching and we're feeling in this broken world. And so we remember the promise in Ezekiel where God says, I will give them one heart and a new spirit I will put within them. I will remove their heart of stone from their flesh, and I will give them a heart of flesh. I will take out the death that is within you and give you a heart of flesh. When we struggle with stuff, we struggle with the death from within, the hurt. But sometimes we struggle from the death from without. This is not our fault. I didn't do this. This wasn't my plan. It just happened to me. And we go back to the book of John in John 10. And Jesus says, when we struggle with the death from outside, and Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That's outside. But I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus removes our heart of stone and gives us a heart of flesh. He fights for us, and he is making all things new. So my question again, I know it's Christmas Eve, it's, it's all goodness coming in like two minutes, I promise, so bear with me. 
Where have you given up? Where have you given up? Is there an area in your life where you believe there is no hope? Where do you need life? Jesus, I need life. Jesus has come and he brings life. Jesus is the life. How can that be? How does Jesus have the right to say that? Doesn't he see the hurt? Doesn't he know the suffering? Yes. Here's the good news. Jesus is born a baby, which we're excited about. We're celebrating. It happens sort of tomorrow in our calendar, right? And we get excited to celebrate Jesus came. But then he lives this life. He lives a perfect life. And 30-ish years later, he starts ministering and demonstrating through signs and miracles that he is the Son of God. He is the Savior. He is the Christ. And he says these audacious things. How dare he? To the point where the people who he is ministering to, the people who he is calling to know his Father, kill him. That's the Easter part, right? They put him up on a cross. As my three-year-old said last Easter, he dies for all of the badness. I said this in a sermon a few weeks ago, and I mumbled, and someone thought I said all the Baptists. That's also true. But Jesus dies. Sorry, I, just, I know, it's ridiculous. He laughed, and I'm like, that wasn't a funny part. Um, it is now, though. Um, Jesus dies for the badness. He goes up on the sin and takes the wrath of his father, all of our sin, all of the hurt, all of the darkness, all of the death that we can imagine times a hundred because it's compared to the glory of God, the stuff that we don't even realize is evil. He dies for that and so much more. And then he rises again and he conquers death. God made flesh, Jesus, the light of the world, appears to be smudged out. And God the Father raises him again back to life. Jesus is the light and the life. He is God and darkness scatters at his very presence. Jesus is life. He is working to make all things new. Wherever you feel darkness, wherever you feel death, you're right to think you can't do it on your own. You can't, but you know what? That's it. When we light our candle from his, and it's, it's just a candle, but in the metaphor, in the idea, we are inviting Jesus to be who he already is. We say, Jesus, come bring your light into my darkness. Jesus, come bring your life into my death, into my marriage, into my addictions, into my home, into my my tumors into my cancer, from my despair. Come rescue me from anxiety. Jesus, come. And how do we come to Jesus? How can he be our light and our life? It's when we find our light and life in him. Let's pray. Jesus, I need you. I need you so much. 
God, thank you for the story of Christmas. God, now, thank you for tonight. Thank you that you can meet me and give me light in my dark places. Thank you that you come to give me life to help me believe that you will renew all things because you have promised to do so and you've given us your very son to prove it. Father, I believe, forgive my unbelief. Come to us and help us to believe. If there's anyone here, Father, who does not know you, If there's anyone here who has drifted far from you and needs you again, help them simply to look to you and say, Father, I believe. Forgive me. Help us to come to you for light and life as you are the only true source. We love you. Thank you for the gospel. We pray in your name. Amen.